We're moving into a new series. Watch this video. I'm so thankful that God loves to get in dirt. For the next several weeks, we're going to talk about areas throughout the scripture where we see God putting himself into dirty situations. It's amazing to me how, how often we associate dirtiness with the lack of cleanliness as something that we want to remain away from. All of my life as a child, especially on days like Easter Sunday, when we would dress in all white and go to church, my mother and my father would yell at me, going, don't you get your Easter clothes dirty. Whatever you do, don't get dirty. We would come back with grass stains. We would come back with, with all kinds, anybody know what I'm talking about? All kinds of stains, and we get the fool beat out of us. I told you, in, in with every syllable, I told you, don't you ever. And then we would have to go to the house of God with our eyes all swollen crying because we got beat because we messed up our Easter clothes because there was something that happened that our people did not want us to get dirty because what's this trouble is always associated with dirt that if I'm dealing with dirt I must be dealing with trouble and if I'm dealing with trouble I must be dealing with dirt you know what I'm talking about because many of us have had to deal with people who had dirt on us and they were trying to give it away to everybody else oh I, they're gonna be manipulated they're gonna use me because they got dirt on me or or maybe because of situations and things you got dirt on somebody else and you had to determine whether or not you were going to release that dirt and give away that information dirt is a very interesting thing watch this because because of dirt we wash daily because of dirt we wash our clothes regularly and it's all in an attempt to get the dirt of the day off of us our hands get dirty our mouth gets dirty we have a face that's dirty we have feet that's dirty we have clothes that's dirty we have a mind that's dirty we, we it was such an issue that our mother would take their thumbs uh, lick her thumb and put it across the crevice of our mouth because they had to get y'all don't hear what I'm saying get the dirt off of here and you rub the spit of your mother on the side of your face because she did not want you to walk around with your face dirty. But I need you to hear me today, and I will prove this over the course of these, this series, that God has an affinity for dirt. He loves dirt. He doesn't mind dirt. He prefers dirt because there's something significant that God can do with dirt. Ah, I want you to understand that God can do some incredible things with dirt if it's, if it's available to him to hold in his hands. Over the course of this series, we're going to discover passages where we see God taking dirt and turning it into a divine plan. I want you to understand by way of introduction, God has a plan for every dirt situation in your life. That there is nothing so dirty that God can't make something out of because God loves to deal with dirt. 
Let me show it to you first in the Bible. We find it in the book of Genesis chapter number one. In Genesis chapter number one, he's now creating everything. And in Genesis chapter one, verse nine, the Bible says that God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place. Watch this. Let the dry land appear. There we first see the picture of dirt showing up. And he looked at this. He said, let dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters he called it seas and God saw that the distinction between the water and the dirt was a good thing mm. help me here he he brought into the situation a separation because he wanted to expose the dirt God never intended for the dirt to remain hidden I hope you're catching my parallels this morning. He never intended for your dirt to be hidden. He never wanted your dirt to live in a cover-up situation. No, he separated the dirt from the water because he needed to deal with what was going on with the dirt. I love this. Watch this. That God will speak to your situation just to expose the dirt. There is not one thing in your life that God wants to live covered up. He wants to expose the dirt because inside of the dirt, he has something that he's wanting to do with the dirt. I love this. He speaks to the dirt and the dirt gets exposed. Watch this. And then he says, I'm going to call the dirt earth. In other words, if you will allow God to expose the dirt, he can create identity through it. Ah, preach with me now. He will create identity through the dirt. I want you to understand. Your identity is not the dirt, but there is identity for you in the dirt if you'll let God expose it. We run around in church today. We got everything going on. We Nothing's ever wrong. Everything's always great. We put on our Christianese and we, we call it, I'm blessed. I'm highly favored. No, you got dirt like I got dirt. We all got dirt. Everybody got dirt. And I want you to know that it's only until I allow God to expose the dirt can he create identity through it. He created identity through the dirt. It was in the dirt that came identity. He exposed it so that he could create identity through it. Most of us want to pretend we don't have it. And God's sitting there going, let me add it. Come on. Watch this. Your life is not all dirt. But God has to deal with the dirt so that it's not all that you are. Hmm. Watch this. And most of us say, oh, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I really want that. I don't know if I, listen. He called it a good thing. It was a good thing that he exposed it. The enemy will bring you condemnation. But God will expose it so that he can show you identity through it. And it's good. It's good that we don't have it all together. Because when we don't have it all together, that means he's God. But if we have it all together, he doesn't put it all together because we got it all together. Hear me. Because his desire is not to just leave you exposed and identified. He moves forward. Look at verse 11. And then God said, let the dirt bring forth. So I exposed it. And I identified it because I want to put something in it that will produce a harvest out of it. Oh my God, I hope you're getting this. 
The reason he will expose it is so that he can identify. And the reason he will identify is so that he can create a purpose for the dirt. There's a reason why you got divorced. There was a reason why you walked through heartache. There's a reason why you got sick. There's a reason why people walked away. There's a reason why you lost your job. There's a reason why you had to move. There was a, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. There's a reason why your daddy couldn't stay. There's a reason why your mama didn't, your mama left you for your grandma. There's a reason why all those things, there is purpose behind the dirt. If you let God expose it and identify it, he's always got purpose for the dirt. You won't live as a victim if you know there's purpose for the dirt. You won't walk with your head held low if you know there's purpose for the dirt. I don't know why we're going through the season we got to go through. I don't know why we've endured what we've had to endure, but I know this. I am confident of this one thing. He who has begun a good work is faithful to perform it. There's purpose. He's working it all together for my good. There's purpose even for the dirt. There's a harvest in the dirt. But if he doesn't expose it, your seed will drown because of everything that's layered on top of it. So he will expose the dirt. He will create identity for the dirt. Then he will create purpose for the dirt. Watch this. So that he can produce something by the dirt. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. And the Lord God formed He made the man, not out of the water. He made man out of the thing he exposed. See, if you allow the Lord to be God and the God to be Lord, he'll make something out of your dirt. Watch this. Up until now, he has spoken to everything. Let there be, 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 let there be. And it was so, and it was good, and it was so, and it was good, and it was so, and it was good, and it was so, and it was good. But right here he said, nope, I'm not going to create, I'm going to make. Let us, Trinity, let us make man in our image. And in his image he made man, male and female, he created them in the likeness of God. Watch this. And he formed man. Here's God getting dirty. You ready? He starts playing with dirt for the first time. He gets his hands down into the dirt. The thing that he exposed, the thing he identified, and the thing he, he created for produ production, he's now putting his hands to. Up until now, he's been talking to. But now he's getting his hands dirty with. And the Bible says he formed man from the dust of the ground. Oh, God. But watch this. God didn't do it. The Lord didn't do it. It was the Lord God that did it. Let me mess with it just for a minute. See, it's the Lord God who can make something out of your dirt. 
See, God, the word God is Yahweh. It's, it's sovereign. It's, it's, it's the ultimate ruler of the age. It's the one who has all power. It's, it's the one who is omniscient and omniscience and omnipresent. God. He, he's God. He, he's God. He's God because he holds, holds the earth in the palm of his hand. He's God, he's God because everything is, is rises and falls at his will and his desire. He's God. But it's not just God that makes you. Most of us have no problem with God. The issue is when he wants to be Lord God. Because Lord means that I have yielded myself and I have submitted myself and I have surrendered myself for him not just to be the God of the age, but the sovereign ruler of my life. See, it is only when he is the Lord God that he can really make something of the dirt in your life. So he makes us. He got his hands dirty for us. Oh, God. He, he, he started playing with the dirt, and he, and he made the man out of the dirt. But then man sinned, and the dirt stayed. See, when you operate in disobedience, there's a curse that comes through the dirt as well. And most of us live with the curse and the condemnation of the dirt. We don't see the exposing for the identity and the purpose of the dirt. We see the disobedience because of the curse of the dirt. Look at what it says in Genesis chapter 3, verse 17. This is the curse of disobedience in the dirt. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of the dirt all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles, dirt, shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the herb of the field. And in the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return back to the dirt. For out of the dirt you were taken, and from the dust you are, and to dust you shall return. God is saying that when you operate in disobedience and you live contrary to the way I formed you, that it is a life full of grief, full of difficulty, full of decay, and ultimately death when you live contrary to the way the Lord God formed you. In a culture where we're always wanting to... We, we want to live in a way that says God made a mistake the way he made me. When you live contrary to your form, hear me, help me, Holy Ghost. When you live contrary to your form, the Lord God will leave you in disobedience, and the curse of disobedience is grief, is difficulty, is decay, and ultimately death, when all you want to do is live contrary to your form. Are you catching what I'm saying this morning? Because when we live contrary to our form, what we're saying is God made a mistake. God made a mistake, or Lord God, I'm not submitted to. Look how hard life is when you live in disobedience. Sweat of your brow. Thorns and thistles are the only thing you can really produce. You're trying to scrape out a way to live. And when we live in the curse of disobedience, the overwhelming portion of our life is grief, difficulty, decay, and ultimately death. We pray to die so we can get away. 
But not only from the dirt you came, from the dirt you'll return. But there was also a curse that came to the devil because of the dirt. This, this is why in 1 Peter chapter 5, we hear, we, we hear the writer tell us, Peter admonishing us, to be sober, to be vigilant. Why? For your adversary, the devil. Uh-oh. Who's my enemy? The, the devil? Wait a minute. You mean white people are not the enemy? You, you mean my adversary is not black folk? You, you mean my adversary is not vaccinated? You mean my adversary is not the unvaccinated? You mean my adversary is not the one that will wear a mask? You mean my adversary is not the one who won't wear a mask? You, you mean my adversary is not a Democrat? You, you mean my adversary is not a Republican? You mean my adversary is not Trump? You mean my adversary is not Biden? You mean my adversary is not all the northern people moving down here? I was getting intense. I just want to make sure you're listening. You mean my adversary is not the fact that Chick-fil-A ain't open on Sundays? Your adversary, the devil. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. This is not a flesh fight. This is a devil fight. My issue is not who disagrees with me. My adversary is the one who wants to deceive me. Your adversary, the devil, look, look at this simile, is like a roaring lion. I call him the lion with no teeth. He's just got a really big mouth. He's a roaring lion, not a biting one. Seeking whom he, hold on now, seeking whom he, uh-oh, you mean seeking whom he can? No, 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 no. Can means the ability to. May means to have permission for. All you had to do was go back to your grammar school and you raise your hand and say, Miss so-and-so, can I go to the bathroom? I don't know. Can you go to the bathroom? In other words, I don't know. Do you have the ability to PP, to TT, or whatever y'all call it? I don't know. Can you? Yes, Miss, I can. Then you don't need ability. You need So change your language to proper grammar and say, May I? Because may I means I am under your authority and I am submitted to you. Look at the text. He is a roaring lion with his hand raised going, may I devour you? 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 Can I, may I devour you? Do I have permission? And only the enemy can chew on the person who gives him permission to chew. 
He can only chew who grants him the request. And we're sitting here going, don't you touch me. Don't you eat me. Don't you bite me. Don't you devour. No, no, no. no, no. Mm, I'm putting you in time out, devil. You're in time out. Because he can only eat who gives him permission. This is why Jesus said, give no place to the devil. Give no place. So, I've given him permission, now what? Look at the text in Genesis chapter 3, verse 14. This is the curse that came to Lucifer by way of the serpent. Look at the text. He says, the Lord God. Let me say that again. The Lord God. Not just God, but the one I am submitted to that has the power of everything. He said to the devil, serpent, because you have done this, you are more cursed than any other livestock, more than any other wild animal. Watch this. You will move on your belly all the days of your life, and you will eat. What am I made from? The very thing he formed me in is the only thing he can eat. He made me, he formed me from the very thing he gave permission to the devil to devour. All he can eat is my dust. We, we used to make really dumb statements like the devil is in the details. Hear me. The devil is not in the details. The devil is in to dirt. And it is his permission to have devouring moments in our life. Those are the times, those are the seasons when I feel like he's chewing me up and spitting me out. Well, pastor, that doesn't bring me a lot of hope. Because if God made me from the dust, and he told the devil he can eat dust, then I, I, I'm, I'm in trouble. You're absolutely right, if that's all you are. You're right. If all you are is dirt, then you're in trouble. But you got to look back at the text. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. He formed man from the thing that the devourer could devour, and, oh, I love the conjunction word and. Because it means don't leave it by itself up front. Because it takes what's up front and what's behind to equal the complete fault. And he formed man from the dust and said, bring me those nostrils. See, before the and... He was not living. He existed, but he wasn't living. But when you got to the end, the Lord God said, bring me those nostrils. You didn't get it. He took what was in him 
and emptied it in me. Oh, God. Life only came when what was inside of God got inside of the man. It was when God took what was in him and went, that the man started living. Oh, I'm not sure you got it. He didn't just say, all right, we and blow over this dude. He didn't just say, all right, so, you know, dove, come down here and flap. Let's put him at the ocean and let that breeze from the, from the tide roll over him. He said, no, 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 no. In order for man to truly live, I've got to put what's inside of me inside of him. If this is going to live what I have formed, it's going to require what's in me to be in him. So, what's inside of God? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. We find it in John chapter 19, verse 30. Jesus is now hanging on the cross. Okay. Hang with me here. You ready? I'm going to go to little deep waters. In, in the Old Testament, we had Adam, which was known as the first Adam. But all throughout the New Testament, one of the attributes, one of the characteristics, one of the description words of Jesus is that Jesus has now become the second Adam. In other words, there's a beginning that I'm taking place in the supernatural that you saw the beginning take place in the natural in the Old Testament. I'm now birthing a new, I'm now birthing a new Eden. I'm now birthing a new relationship. I'm now birthing a new thing through the second Adam known as the man, Jesus Christ. Watch this. And when Jesus was hanging on the cross, the Bible says that he said, it is Finished. Watch this. And when he said it is finished, the Bible says he bowed his head and he gave up his. Okay. King James, that's the way I, I grew up. He gave up the ghost. Okay. Another translation says that he breathed his last. Oh, you don't get it. You see, in the first Adam, he had to bring man's nostrils to receive it. But with the second Adam, when he gave it up, he gave it up to every piece of dirt. He gave it up to every piece of dirt. He, he didn't bring the nostrils of a man and release it. But in the second wave, he said, no, no, I'm going to give up the dirt and it's going to go to, I'm going to give up the ghost and it's going to go to every piece of dirt that's ever in the history of the world. Every piece of dirt, it doesn't matter whether it's the dirt of today or the dirt 10,000 years from now. Every dirt has the ability to have what's in me dwell on the inside of it. <laughs> he gave up. The ghost. He went. Thank you. 
I hear Romans 8:11 tapping me on the shoulder. This same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in me. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. Somebody just pour out praise to him right here. Just pour out praise to him right here. Pour out praise to him right here. We pour out praise to you right here. Huh, Jesus. So the question I must ask this morning is, how do I know I have the breath of God on the inside of me? How do I know that's what's inside of him has now been released to inside of me? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. We find it in Psalm 150. I'm running to the end now. You ready? Psalm 150. He says in Psalm 150, praise God. Praise God. No, no, no. no, no. Praise. I'm about to go King James. You ready? Praise ye the Lord. Well, that was about the worst praise I've ever seen in my life. Praise the Lord. says, David says, praise the Lord. And then he tells us where to praise the Lord. Praise him in his. Do you know where you are today? Mecklenburg County told you not to come in here. This is not recommended by CDC. NBC, FOX, the DEVIL. This is not recommended. But somehow, some way, you've shown up to the sanctuary. And if you're going to be here, we might as well praise the Lord in it. praise him in the sanctuary, but praise him, New King, I mean King James, I'm sorry, praise him in the firmament of his 
How many of you know that God has power? Power. Wonder working power. I dare you to praise him in his power. Oh, I feel that. Praise him in the power. Uh-oh. He tells us where to praise him. And then he tells us what to praise him for. Praise him for his. Has God ever done anything for you? Has he ever brought you out? Has he ever made a way? Has he ever healed? Has he ever saved? Is he the Lord strong and mighty? I dare you to praise him for his mighty acts. Oh! Oh, we praise the Lord. We praise the Lord. We praise the Lord. We praise the Lord. And then he tells us what to praise him with. Praise him with the sound of a trumpet. Anybody? Well, okay. Oh, wait a minute. He told us to lift our voice like a trumpet. So why don't we praise him with the sound of a trumpet in this room? Oh, somebody lift up your voice like a trumpet. Somebody praise him like the sound of a trumpet. Ah, the flute and the harp. Praise him. Baby, grab that tambourine. Grab that tambourine. Praise him with the tambourine and the dance. Somebody got a dance on them. Praise him with the high sounding cymbals. Praise him with the low sounding cymbals. what to praise him for. He told us what to praise him with. Now he's going to tell who gets to praise him. Let everything 
that has what was inside of me inside of them oh God have mercy let everything that has what's inside of me inside of them praise the Lord let everything that has that has God's breath. So here's what I realized. When I praise, all I'm doing is giving God his breath back. I breathe in his presence. And then I breathe out his praise. I breathe in his presence. And then I breathe out his praise. I breathe in his presence. And then I breathe. Somebody give God his breath back this morning. Somebody give God. <laughs> hey! Sorry, they didn't know what I was preaching this morning when they chose the song list. But when they sang this song at the beginning, something leaped in my belly. And somebody needs to do this this morning. You need to dance according to scripture like your weight has been lifted. Because there's grace that's waiting for somebody in this room today. I don't know who it is. I don't know what it is. But I heard the voice of the Lord say, you better dance in praise to me until you feel lighter. I don't know who it is, but that's for you. That's for you. Somebody lift their voice in praise right here. Dance. Kaylee, come in, Joey. Oh, somebody dance like the way. Hey! 
Slip up your hands all over this room. God is breathing in this place right now. Somebody needs to breathe him in. You've been holding your breath. You've been holding your breath, waiting for the worst to happen. Like Whitney, you've been waiting to exhale. I hear the Lord saying, let it go and let me in. Let it go and let me in. Oh, he's breathing new life into somebody. There's fresh wind for somebody today. What's on the inside of God is being poured on the inside of you. Hey, you say, Pastor, you don't know how dirty I am. Listen to me. I may not know your dirt, but I know very intimately the God who can make anything out of anything. Today, God is about to put something in you that the adversary cannot get to. Ah. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that today is the day for somebody to be emptied of them so that they may be full of you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Prayer team, prayer warriors, just pray with me right here. Just intercede. Every, every believer, intercede right here. I'm going after dry bones this morning. I'm going after dirt today. I hear the Lord saying, I want to feel you. I want to feel you. I want to feel you. I don't want you to exist. I want you to live. And some of us have been satisfied with existing. But fresh new life is about to come as your portion today. The toxicity of our culture
has kept you locked into filth. Today is Deliverance Sunday for somebody. I feel that in my spirit. Today is Deliverance Day for somebody. Hear me this morning. He can break alcoholism. You can be so full of him (laughs) that you can't ever have another drink. He can break sexual perversion today. You can be so full of him that he flushes away everything that he's not pleased with. For that person that has been crippled and debilitated by fear and anxiety, today you can be so full of him. Watch this. Your brain does not function if it does not get air to it. I hear the Lord saying, I want to put me in you and oxygen to your brain and I will transform the renewing of your mind. Uh, Pastor, you don't understand. I'm so weak. Hear me this morning. Without oxygen to your muscles, they cannot be sustained. Today, God is about to empty what's in him into you so that you don't have a form, but you have the power in that form. This morning, heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Even mine today. Say, Pastor, that's me. One of those areas one of those dimensions, whether it's an addiction, whether it's a perversion, whether it's a a mental persuasion, it's a mental debilitating, just you're feeling that. Or whether you're just so dirty and you feel so much shame that you're tired of this form and you want to live with power on the inside. I just want you very quietly, very quickly to get out of your seat and meet me in this front or in the aisle, whatever you're comfortable with. But I want you to move in a direction towards where he is. Come on. Come on. I release you now. My eyes are closed. I'm waiting for the release of God to move forward. Oh, if that's you, just move. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Come on, come on. Great are you, Lord. We say, Great are you, Lord. So, real softly, Great are you, Lord. One more time, say, he's great. Great are you, Lord. Help me, prayer team, right here. Help me right here. Come on, come on. Elders, prayer team members, help me, help me. Come on, just create atmosphere in this room. I believe he's breaking chains this morning. 
I believe he's unshackling fetters today. I believe he's making ways in the wilderness. He's making rivers in the desert. Ah. Come on, everybody who's got the breath of God on the inside, just worship right here. Oh, just worship right here. Just worship right here. presence we breathe out your praise it's yours in it's yours out it's yours coming in it's yours going out ah, we give you your breath back God we give you your breath back we tell the enemy permission denied today We say access denied today. We serve eviction notice on our adversary. No place anymore. It's nice to have you with us today. I just want to take an opportunity, maybe if he's speaking to your heart this morning, maybe you're feeling uh, a tug back into the role of being a believer. Maybe you've never given your life to Christ before and you feel like that's something you need to do. We can do that right now. All you have to do is pray. All you have to do is admit that you're a sinner, accept that Jesus came and died for those sins 
and then believe that he's taken them away. And once you do that, you're a believer. So just right now, let's pray and, and pray that prayer. Say, Jesus, I know I've done wrong. I know I need you in my life. Save me, Lord. I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my Savior. I want to follow you. In the name of Jesus, amen. That's all it takes. So glad that you've made that decision this morning. What an awesome, awesome decision you've made. Uh, do us a favor. If you did make that decision, just leave a comment down below or just email info at judachurch.org and say, I accepted Christ this morning. I also want to encourage you to make sure that you're given. Make sure that you're tithing. and make sure that you're given if this is the body that you pour into and if you're if you're truly family and part here. Uh, the Lord will bless you. Let me encourage you to step past fear, to step back uh, the, the common sense way and just choose to stand on the Lord's biblical principles and scriptures that said that's what we need to do. There's a lot of ways to give. You can text to give. You can pay on our app and you can uh, pay your tithes on your app. You can also mail it in or you can give it into the stewards uh, stations if you're here with us throughout the week. Hey Judah, if you've been watching online or coming for a while and you want to know more about our vision or to get connected, your next step is Growth Track. Our four-week class is on Sunday mornings at 9.15 during our first worship experience. For more information or to sign up, go to our Judah Church app. Hey family, I am so excited about Sunday, September the 5th. We are having one service, we're calling it One Service Sunday. That's the Sunday of Labor Day. It is gonna be an amazing time, not nine o'clock, not the 11 o'clock, but at 10 a.m. We're gonna to join together, we're gonna to pack into this place and we're gonna have an amazing worship encounter with the Lord. Our overflow in the meeting room will be open, the tribe area will be open for overflow if we're just packed out like I suspect we're gonna be. What I'm so excited about is us being together and then after service, staying together and eating together. We're gonna to have food trucks, we're gonna have ice cream trucks, they're gonna be inflatables everywhere for the kids. All the rooms upstairs and all over the campus are gonna be open for you to kind of snoop around and see what's going on, all the renovations that we've made, incredible things that have been happening here at Judah. Listen, if money's a little tight and you can't do the food truck thing, some of the men of our church are gonna fire up the grill. We're gonna do some hamburgers and hot dogs and have popcorn available that'll be free of charge. You won't have to worry about the fee. But, but there's just an opportunity for all of us to get together, be together, eat together, fellowship together, and learn one another. I want you to join with me one service Sunday, September the 5th, starting at 10 a.m., and then staying and eating with us and letting our kids have fun. I've got a little surprise I've got for you um, at the end of that service that's going into the food and the fellowship time. Uh, I'll talk to you more about that later on, but it's gonna be an incredible day. Invite your family, invite your friends, but most of all, I want you to be in here with me as well. Can't wait to see you. September 5th It's gonna be awesome.
real quick before we go today. We just want to bless you uh, with the blessing of this house. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 11. May God, the Lord of your fathers, make you a thousand times more than what you are and fulfill every promise that He's given you. We love you. We'll see you next week. Bye, family.